Estimate Rocket Radio, episode number 11. Put it down on paper, do your research. There's plenty of articles out there of other family businesses and what the struggles are. I ended up doing that after the fact. I so wish I had done it before. You're listening to Estimate Rocket Radio, the hassle-free online software for service contractors that keep your business running from lead to pay. We want your business to grow, so we make it easy to get your job done. Welcome back to Estimate Rocket Radio, everyone. I am your host, Ashley Sturm. Today, we have Jay Blanco from Philo Painting. He has owned and operated his business since 2009 in the Atlanta area, and he just joined Estimate Rocket this year as a customer. Jay, welcome to the show. Hey, Ashley. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, okay. Let's start from the beginning. I'd love to hear how you got started, right? And what your journey has been like so far. I mean, how did you end up in the painting industry? Ended up in the painting industry because of my father. My father, when I was growing up, he was the lead project manager for a large painting company in the area. And he'd have me working summers, you know, since I was 15 years old. So that's how I got, got into it. How did y'all transition it for you taking over the business? Well, I haven't exactly taken over the business. We're still, you know, 50-50 partners, you can say. Um, once I, you know, obviously I graduated from high school, went to college, I got a business degree, and then my father invited me to start a, a painting company, something that he always wanted to do, and I've always wanted to be a business owner, so we jumped into it. And yeah, we've been doing that ever since 2009. Okay, so man, I cannot tell you how many people I've spoke to who have started their business in like the midst, the thick of the recession. Um, what was that like? It was rough in the beginning, but it, I mean, we had to start somewhere and it's what prompted my father to want to jump into it. You know, things were going south where he was working and it was the perfect opportunity for us to get started. It was, it was exciting in the beginning. You know, you can word it as exciting, uh, but we got through it and I think it, it taught us a lot of lessons and it prepared us for a lot of potential struggles that we were going to face. So I'm, I'm glad we did it for sure. What were some of those potential struggles it prepared you for? So for example, the, the situation that we're dealing with now with COVID, we're going to get through it. You know, we went through something similar before where it kind of threw things out of whack. So we're, we're not as afraid of it at this point. It's like, all right, we have to assess what's happening what are we going to do differently and, and how are we going to, you know, what's going to be our new approach? And that's it. Yeah. I actually noted when I was preparing for the show today, I want to say that fellow painting was probably one of the first emails that I got promoting virtual estimating. I mean, y'all were pretty quick to all mm -hmm. of a sudden pivot and shift gears. What prompted you to immediately say, okay, we gotta, we gotta move and change the way we do this? Sure. Uh, <clears throat> it, I saw what was happening. I saw the direction we were headed. I was paying attention to what was going on overseas. So I'm like, all right, if we're going to keep being able to do estimates, then we have to figure out a new way of doing it. And I, you know, I spent a lot of time doing research and I had thought about how we could do a better presentation to our customers before. So it's not something that just came out of nowhere. Right. I've been preparing for something similar before and it just kind of fell together. And I thought to myself, if this is the way things are going to go, then I'm going to be the first person to move on. It, you know? <laughs> yeah. So that's the reason behind that. I jumped into it. Well, yeah. And now even on your online website, you've moved on to an online estimator tool. Tell me about that. We have that. I set that up maybe three or four years ago uh, for a few different reasons. A lot of times there's customers that are 
they're not ready to pull the trigger. You know, they want to get an idea of what things are going to cost. And we do a lot of estimates. I don't want to, especially during the busy season, I don't want to go out and give somebody a formal estimate when all they want to do is get an idea of what price point they're looking at. So we set that up and now customers can go online on our website. They can answer a few questions and get, you know, they flip through a few different options and watch them through. It's pretty user friendly and, and gives them a good idea of what they're looking at. And if they like the price point or if it's something that they're comfortable with, then we set up a time for us either to go out or these days to do a virtual estimate. What would you say your split is now between, and has it changed much um, between in-person estimating and virtual estimating? It's, it's pretty much back to normal. We're just not getting a lot of calls for interiors these days. So, you know, in the beginning, people were taking us up on the virtual estimating thing. Uh, but no, at this point, I think it's pretty much all the way back to in-person estimates. What we're doing a little bit differently is that we'll meet out, you know, meet at the house with the customer. We might not have a very long conversation with them while we're out there. We take, take the time to measure. And then once we have the estimate ready, then we'll schedule a screen share. And then we'll go over the estimate in more detail that way and go through our presentation at that point. Okay. So that's a, that's a portion of that exchange that used to be in person and you're trying to make it virtual. Exactly. Exactly. So now it's not just virtual. We're making them, making it a mix of both. Yeah. How are your teams handling that? That was uh, it was fun getting everybody to agree that that was the best approach, especially in the beginning. <laughs> um, not everybody is, you know, as computer savvy as you'd like them to be, Zoom was a struggle in the beginning. We had a bunch of Zoom. We had never had Zoom meetings before with our team. And then all of a sudden we're doing Zoom meetings. So there was the awkward moments in the beginning. Yeah. But it's it's great now. Everybody's used to it. You know, the guys that you would think, oh, they'll never figure this stuff out. They figured it out. So it's big. <laughs> Do you, are they finding any appreciation yet for the time saved on commuting? For sure. For sure. That was one thing that they said they loved in the beginning. That's what I think made them a little bit more open to it. Um, now that we're getting back to normal, it's still, there's still a lot of uh, time savings because we go out, we meet with the customer, we can measure, we don't have to go through our, our spiel while we're out there. We can, you know, come back, take our time to write up the estimate, do a screen share, and then you're more comfortable doing it that way. You're not as rushed. So I'm yeah. sure they appreciate that. Mm -hmm. So y'all have been in business since 2009 and you just stumbled upon Estimate Rocket this year. Tell me, what were y'all doing before and kind of what was that like motivator where you're like, we've got we've to find something else. We've got to find something different. Mm -hmm. I'm almost embarrassed to admit it at this point, but we used to use Excel. We had Excel yeah. spreadsheets that we would use and a lot of people still, you know, a lot of people yeah. do that. And they worked well enough, but you know, keeping everybody on the same page and sending them the updated, like if we make a change, I have to change it for everybody and everybody has to be aware of it. And it just, it's such a pain to be able to keep track of all that with estimate rocket. I change something in the estimate rocket portal and everybody has it automatically. So yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad for the change for sure. <laughs> how have things, I was going to say like, how have things changed now since you have kind of implemented the system? I was concerned in the beginning that the guys weren't going to be quick to pick up on it, but it's so user-friendly, it hasn't been a big issue at all. I mean, there was maybe a, a couple of weeks, two, three weeks where we had to get everybody used to it. And then after that, it's just a matter of figuring little workarounds that we figured out, but it's it's been great. I mean, I, 
I'm very happy we did it. Look, maybe your team's a little more tech savvy than you know, right? No, no. I don't <laughs> they think got so. Rocket, they've got Zoom down. You just don't know yeah. yet. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, you're right. They're holding out on you. Um, so talk to me a little bit about what your business's like top priority is. I know you look at your website and y'all talk a lot about customer service. And mind you, you know, when I looked you up on Google, y'all are rocking like a 4.7 out of five stars, you know, on your Google ratings with I think 150 plus reviews. How do you ensure that you keep such high customer satisfaction up? ongoing training of our employees is what it mm. is and it takes a lot of that because if you if you leave people to their own devices they fall back into bad habits so yeah. it's just ongoing training we have conversations about that constantly and reminding everyone the focus is the customer the reason we have a paycheck is the customer keep that in mind uh, i mean i can't I'm, they're, they're sick of hearing me talk about customer service for sure but it keeps the top of mind so that's that's the approach and keeping your employees happy because it's hard for an employee to be focused on customer service if they're upset or stressed. So, you know, it's a good mix. How do you, as the business owner, you know, kind of walk that line of making sure like customers are happy, the employees are happy. How do you find that balance? It's a matter of staying focused, not letting yourself be stressed out, if somebody else is stressed, you know, taking a breath, making sure you're calm and you react calmly. Uh, life is, is full of stress. Customers are stressful. And sometimes because they're not, they're at home, they're not in their professional hat. So you have to just appreciate that this is, you know, you're dealing with a homeowner, they're in their home and just be understanding of everybody, of the, the customer, of your employee, of everyone. Yeah. So what were you doing before you jumped into the paint industry? Before I jumped into the painting, it's pretty much all I've done. I mean, this is yeah. uh, when I was working summers when I was 15, it was in repaints in the painting industry. Uh, when I was in college, I was working as an estimator for another painting company. Oh, uh, the right. only thing that I did differently, I worked in, uh, I worked at Home Depot for a little while and then I got back, back into estimating. <laughs> so I've been in it. I really haven't done anything else. Yeah. I was going to say, how did you know? I, you know, um, I spoke to people who like, did some, they, they were in some painting work, they went off and tried to do another thing, and then that light bulb moment happened. Do you remember a time where you were like, no, I can make, I can make a business out of this. I can make this happen. That's kind of a, a tough question there. When did I decide that I can make a business out of it? Well, I think when my father approached me, uh -huh. and he's got a lot of experience in painting, and I also, I thought to myself, well, you know, I have a lot of experience in painting. I've been you know, I've done the work, I've done the estimating. I've always wanted to own my own business. So I guess as soon as my father approached me, I was, he got me at the right moment and I was ready, ready to go. Yeah. Why have you always wanted to own your own business? I think that's a, maybe a personality trait. I like the autonomy. I like the freedom of being able to make my, you know, there's not a lot of freedom because you have to put so much time into it, <laughs> but that feeling of freedom anyway, of being able to make your own schedule. Yeah. Yeah. So when you saw COVID coming, I know the, the virtual estimating was immediate. What were some of the other things that your company did to kind of really brace themselves for what we went through? 
to brace ourselves, I talked to everybody and I told them, hey, we don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to do the best I can to keep everybody working and to get us through this and, and get through to the other side. I mean, that's the only thing we can do. We can't let it overwhelm us. Uh, we just were very, I don't know what the word, maybe centered about it, calm about it and took it easy. Um, and basically we were brainstorming yeah. and I got everybody into it. Like, let's think about how we can respond to the situation. Yeah. Now, do y'all have, have y'all been watching the news closely? Like I know right now they're talking reports of like the second outbreak, mm. you know, not the second, obviously it never went yeah. away. Right. But they talk sure. about it like it's a resurging. Um, mm. Is there anything y'all are doing to prepare for the possibility of it resurging? More of the same talking yeah. to to everybody and making sure that they understand that we're going to, you know, we're going to adapt as as we get new information we don't know what's going to happen mm-hmm. we have the virtual estimate uh, opportunity there if we have to bring that back we'll bring that back and it's just a matter of, of waiting and seeing but not letting it get us too worked up so yeah i pay attention to it but i don't let it stress me out too much because there's no sense in stressing until it actually happens yeah yeah, I think the biggest thing that, you know, when we've been reaching out to people, they're just, they watch for another shutdown, right? You know, you're like, mm-hmm. okay. But mind you, and I'm not sure where it works in your area, many that we have found are still considered essential business. Were y'all able to continue working through it? We were able to continue working. Uh, I expect it to be the same if they decide to shut down again. Mm-hmm. And it's, I'm not sure how it's going to affect everyone. But the good news is that when people are home, if you're in repaints like we are, and people are looking around and they're walking around the outside of the house, like, whoa, I need to get on top of that. Now that I'm home, this is the best time to take care of it. I can be out there when the guys are out there. Yeah. It might work in our favor. Yeah. Did y'all see any bump in your request for repaints? We did. We did. In the beginning, when they first shut down for the first couple of weeks, it was very slow. But then I think going into the third week, it's like people were just, we were overwhelmed in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of getting overwhelmed, how has it worked for y'all in the past and what maybe success have y'all found with hiring employees? I know every business owner we speak to, that is, you know, it's their backend systems, right? Getting, you know, whether you're using Excel or finding a system that works for you, like Estimate Rocket, and then hiring people (laughs) what Mm. method have y'all used um to find good team members to find good team members it's it's always and that's a you know the the whole thing everybody says it's tough to find good people it really is tough to find good people uh freeing up time to do it you know Mm -hmm. you have to dedicate some time to doing that you can't just hire anyone you have to make sure that they have the right attitude and that they fit the position that you're looking to fill Um, i start off you know, I, I try to think as far ahead as I can. If I'm going to need somebody in the next few months, I'm going to, I'm going to get started two months before and letting people know, Hey, we're looking for somebody, everybody that I speak to, I'm looking for somebody. If you know somebody mm. and before I start getting a little bit more serious and then posting on Indeed and that kind of thing. Okay. All right. Do you have, <laughs> do you have any stories that people could learn from? on a bad hire? Is there been a time where you like rushed it and it was like, okay, if I could tell people, if I could tell other people in the same boat, just don't do this, man. <laughs> yes, there was a guy that we hired. 
And he is yes. <laughs> everybody does, right? I know. And this this was our our first estimator that we hired. I don't want to say too many negative things because the guy outside of the certain issues that turned out he had uh, was was pretty decent at his job for the most part. And yeah. when, when I spoke to him initially, he seemed very professional, almost overqualified. And I was excited about bringing him on, you know, thinking, wow, this guy's going to do a great job. But it turned out that he had a little bit of an attitude problem. So mm-hmm. yes, he was, he was very professional and he thought that he was, you know, yeah. maybe too good for the position was one. And since he thought he was too good for the position, sometimes he thought he was too good for the customers. Mm-hmm. Then on top of it, he had, this is almost a, a, it's hilarious. It's almost like something out of a movie. He had a, a slight anger problem. And I noticed that he had a little bit, yes, I noticed he had a little bit of an anger problem. And I would talk to him about it. It's like, hey, you know, I noticed this. We just try to, you know, work on this or work on that. Well, he, he and he worked with us for a while. I think it was maybe almost a year and a half before we had the incident that we're going to call, quote unquote, the incident. Oh no. Yes. He dealt with a difficult customer and you know, we is the customer service business. We deal with customers. Well, he dealt with a special customer and you know, we have protocols for dealing with special customers. Well, he let the customer get to him. The customer had him out to their house to, to look at something like three or four times. And then after having him out to, to look at something three or four times, decided not to hire him. And she, she told him, oh, it turns out I'm not going to do anything after all, right? She wasn't going with another company. She wouldn't, for whatever reason, it, it just rubbed them the wrong way. Uh, he went home. I'm not sure if he was drinking or what happened there, but his, he let his temper get the best of him. And he reached out to the customer. I don't remember if he texted or sent her an email. And I just, I can't even share with you what he said but he insulted her and it was it was interesting for me trying to smooth that over i mean i had to bend over backwards to smooth that over and i'm just glad that that lady did not write a review on our company because good lord it was just so embarrassing oh no so yeah you know the last um podcast we did was actually a hiring manager and he talks a lot about um hiring the who instead of the do, right? Like mm. hiring the person that you can train. <laughs> exactly. A lesson learned the hard way on yours. But yeah. something Luckily you'll never there forget. wasn't more damage. What's that? It's something you'll never forget. Oh, I'll never forget. I'm hiring for attitude. Attitude is the first thing that I look for. For sure. <laughs> well, that is awesome. Okay, so if you can look back, any other, it doesn't have to be a hiring story. If you had any advice for somebody who is maybe novice and starting their, you know, painting business or trades business, what would your advice be to kind of young business owners? My advice would be to start off and this is going to sound like I'm doing a commercial for estimate rocket. But oh no. Start off with a CRM software. That's nope. one of the biggest ones. Yeah. Do that for sure. Because once you you try to transition into something different when you were doing things the wrong way in the beginning mm. it's a much bigger headache than just starting off doing things right yeah i mean hey we'll always take the free publicity <laughs> but yeah i mean i have to give the disclaimer no prod taken but yes we've we've heard that from a lot of people specifically um for the ease of collecting data um, exactly 
mm-hmm. you know, and being able to grow the team quickly and not have it bottleneck with the business owner. Yes, growing, exactly, exactly. I mean, that's, that's everything there. I was mentioning the Excel sheets. Every time I had to do an, or every time I did an update on pricing or I found that something, I needed to change something up, I had to share with everybody and people lose, you know, they go back to the original or they lose, you know, that kind of thing. You don't, you want to cut that out. Right. Oh, so you were dealing with versionings. Exactly, yes. A lot of that. <laughs> Is all your stuff into Estimate Rocket officially now? You're like, oh yeah, we're a hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Well, is there anything else that I didn't get to ask you that you would like to add on or we didn't get to cover? As far as my experience? No, I think we talked to, mm, uh, if you have a partner, make sure that you pick your partner, like you pick your employees. That, that's important. also. <laughs> and I'm talking about that. I mentioned that because my business partner is my father and yeah. we, we had a lot of struggles in the beginning. Now we, we found a great rhythm at this point, but it's something important to get, you know, everything figured out and on paper from the beginning. Okay, wait, now you're going to have to tell me the story there. So you went into business with your dad. What were the struggles? I mean, aside from the fact that you're going into business <laughs> with your dad. <laughs> yeah. We had different visions. That was the biggest problem. We had different visions about where we wanted to go. My dad, he was not looking to grow as aggressively as, as I was looking to grow our company. So spending or investing uh, money in marketing was a big one. And as fast as we've grown to do it, we definitely had to invest in marketing. So that was one of the biggest headaches there. And then obviously personalities bringing, you know, you bring history in when you're working with somebody that that's related to you. So keeping that out of the conversation when we're talking about business, that was a big struggle in the beginning. But yeah, I mentioned before, we found a great rhythm, so we're good now. So how did you overcome the differences in opinion? So for instance, like the marketing, how did you decide like how you made the call? Like who got to make the call? How did that go down? Him being my father, he would pull rank a lot, right? So, but the benefit of, of knowing my partner as well as I did, I, I knew how to kind of work around his personality and I knew what I had to do. And it also gave me the opportunity to practice selling the idea. And as I'm convincing him, I'm convincing myself that it's going to work. So I just, I did my research. I told him why I thought the idea was going to work, what my plan was, what we could expect and why I thought we could expect that. And, you know, I ended up just for the most part convincing him and, and selling them on the idea. How many holiday dinners did you ruin Jay? No, my, <laughs> so many, too many. We're like throwdowns about the marketing budget. (laughs) Oh, for sure, for sure. My my father's not an easygoing guy either, and sometimes he's stubborn. If he just makes up his mind, he won't hear anything else. So I had to, I had to work around when he was in a bad mood. It's like if he's in a bad mood, I'm I'm not talking to him that day. I'm just staying away from him that day. If I know we have, you know, if it's coming up to Thanksgiving or something, I'm not going to have any serious or heavy conversations before Thanksgiving. I'm just going to hold off until after the holidays. It can wait. No, definitely. <laughs> well, you know that we laugh, but that is, I mean, there are a lot of people who go into business with family. Estimate Rocket is a family owned business. Um, you know, and man, I want to say at least I can think of three painting companies. They talk about working with their family. So you would suggest put it down on paper before you really do a deep dive. Put it down on paper, do your research. There's plenty of articles out there of other family businesses and what the struggles are. 
I ended up doing that after the fact. I so wish I had done it before so that I was at least prepared for it. You know, so you know what you're getting into. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time today, Jay. Everyone, you can find his information in the write-up just below the details. You will find him at philpainting.com. Thanks again. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you so much. This is Estimate Rocket Radio. Join our team at estimaterocket.com.